All right, well, hey, everybody, welcome to the Simple Power Podcast, where we think practically about the presence and the power of God. This is episode number 32, and I'm your host, Duke LaMastra. Really, really appreciate you being here. If this is your first time here and you haven't subscribed yet, if you get anything out of this week's episode, if anything blesses you or ministers to you in any way, if you would consider subscribing, I would really, really appreciate that. And maybe even share this with that one person that comes to your mind as you're listening that you think might be able to benefit from this as well. So I've been thinking about this lately. When Jesus came on the scene, when he began his earthly ministry, so many people missed it. In particular, the religious leaders, the ones who should have been the first ones to to get it and to understand what Jesus was doing, what he came for. The religious leaders, the scribes, the Pharisees, that group of people, they were the ones that, by and large missed it. They missed what Jesus was doing. They missed who he was. They they just thought that he was some heretic. They didn't believe the words that he was saying. But the regular people, and not just people from a particular economic group or, or a, a particular status level in society or whatever, people from all walks of life recognized Jesus as the Messiah, as the Son of God, as somebody who had the words of life. And there were some religious leaders that did see Jesus and at least recognize, you know, there's something to this guy. There's something different about this guy. And they became hungry for the things of God that were being displayed and demonstrated in the life of Jesus. And so here's the thing. The religious leaders, they missed it because they were not hungry for God. They weren't hungry for the truth. What happened? What had ha- you see what happened was they, what happened was they became so locked in to their traditions and to the way that they were doing things. And the Bible makes it clear to us as well. They they loved their status. They loved the way that people looked at them and and they loved that recognition on earth earth of being the religious leaders and being high and mighty and being above the common people and receiving all this respect and admiration and all this kind of garbage that really at the end of the day doesn't mean anything. I remember what Paul said in Philippians chapter three, he's going through this discussion and he's talking about how, you know, if anybody has a reason to boast outside of Jesus Christ, I more so because, and then he goes through his his pedigree, right? He goes through this explanation of the things that he had attained to. I was a Pharisee. I was zealous for the law. I was persecuting the church. He Paul had reached such a high level, a high status level in the, the realm of the religious leaders. He had built a life for himself and an incredible reputation. But he says, but what things were gained to me These I have counted loss compared with the excellence of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Once Paul had that encounter with Jesus, everything in his life shifted. And now everything that he had built his life upon, everything that he had established as the foundation for what he thought was valuable, what he thought was worth it, the things that he thought were worth his time and his energy and his effort and the things that he had devoted his life to. He's like, I count all these things as garbage. They're worthless compared with simply knowing Jesus. And when you have that kind of hunger, you position yourself for greater revelation. You position yourself to go deeper in God. The moment that we lose our hunger is the moment that we become vulnerable. I think it's interesting that even in the natural realm, naturally speaking, 
lack of hunger is very often a symptom that something is going wrong, right? So I have a five-year-old and this dude loves to eat. He uh, lo- he loves to, to snack and stuff like that. If you let him snack, he'll snack all day long. And it's not, it's not just junk and stuff like that. He loves fruit and he loves vegetables and he loves chips and all that kind of stuff too. But if we were to let him, he would basically, he would just keep snacking all day long because he loves to snack, he loves to eat, he just loves food. So I can always tell very, very quickly when something is wrong, when something, when he's not feeling 100% because he loses his appetite. If I offer him something to eat and he says, no, I'm not hungry, then I already know or at least have an idea like maybe maybe he's not feeling super great right now. But the other side of that is as soon as hunger, whenever somebody loses their appetite because they're sick, they're under the weather, they have something going, going on in their body that's off, as soon as hunger starts to return or someone starts to get their appetite back, that's usually a sign that things are getting better, that things are progressing in the right direction. And spiritually speaking, when we lose our hunger for God, that should clue us in. Like when we're walking through life and we're just not hungry for God, for his word, for being in his presence, for spending time with him. When those are not the things that are driving our our lives, then it should clue us into the fact that something's off. Something needs to be tweaked. Something needs to be modified. Something needs to be adjusted. And that's not a condemnation thing or anything like that. I think it's something that we all deal with at different points in our lives. We all go through these highs and these lows where, you know, I've gone through seasons of my life where it's like, I can't get enough of Jesus. Like no matter what I do, I can spend eight hours a day just worshiping him and it's not enough. And then I've gone through seasons where I've had to push myself forward a little bit more and be like, all right, bro, get your Bible out. (laughs) It's time. It's time to do this. You need this. But I believe that we can all experience a greater hunger for God. Actually, we can all we can all get more hungry for God because there's no such thing as being too hungry for God, being too hungry for his presence. In the Garden of Gethsemane, the night that Jesus was betrayed and he gathered together with his disciples, he makes this statement to them. He says, "Watch and pray." And if you know the story, the disciples they didn't make it very long. They fell asleep and it happened a couple of different times. This is the scene where Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane and he's literally sweating drops of blood in agony, looking ahead to his death on the cross and his separation from the Father and all of that. And he had asked his disciples to watch and pray. But but one of the times he makes this statement, watch and pray lest you fall into temptation. And when you and I are going through something, when we're facing something difficult, I'm just using that as an example. This works in any season of life. But if you're, for example, going through something, you've got some difficult situation going on that you're walking through, something that you're dealing with, something negative that's going on, whatever it might be, and you're walking through that, we have options. You know, we have options. We can't always control the situation itself, but we can control how we respond and how we act. And sometimes, to be honest with you, My response to trouble, my response to conflict a lot of times is let me just go to bed. (laughs) Let me just go to sleep so I don't have to think about this. I don't have to be concerned about this or whatever. But I recognize that that's just a sort of a fleshly response and it's ultimately not going to help me. Now, sometimes it is helpful to go to sleep. Sometimes you need to sleep. Sometimes you need to sleep on something. And and I think it's cool that sometimes God will even, he'll speak to you as you sleep and he'll give you direction. He'll quiet your heart down. He'll give you peace, all that kind of stuff. So I'm not discounting that sometimes it's valuable to go to sleep when you don't know what else to do. But so many times we 
choose something earthly, we choose some way of dealing with something rather than what we really need, which is to watch and pray. In other words, to be close to him, to get as close to him as we can, to talk to him, to focus on him, to direct our attention toward him. And Jesus is clear. He's like, watch and pray lest you fall into temptation. There's some stuff coming. There's some stuff going on. And that night, all the disciples were scattered. They were scattered. When Jesus got arrested, they freaked out and they fled. Peter denied him three times. He started cussing. He started going back to the old Peter. And so the point is that maintaining this connection and continuing to build upon our relationship with Jesus is the most important thing that you and I can do as we go through life. Now, it's really easy in the natural to get hungry. All you have to do is go for a little while without eating. Once you hit that four-hour mark, five-hour mark, whatever, you're going to start to get hungry. But here's the deal. Even in the natural, if you go too long without eating, like anybody who's ever been on an extended fast before where you're not eating any food at all, especially once you get past that that two-day, two-and-a-half-day mark, and you're into day three, day four, what actually happens is your body starts, like the first couple of days, your body starts to get really angry at you, and it starts making you feel bad. It starts kind of, your body's like, you're an idiot, you're an idiot, put some food in me, what are you doing, you're an idiot. <laughs> That's how your body is, at, is acting. But then once you kind of settle into it a little bit, you get past a certain point, and that point it might be different for everybody, but once you get past a certain point, it's kind of like your body starts to settle into it a little bit, and, you're, and your body just starts to go, all right, well, maybe this is what we're doing now. Maybe we're just not eating. He's not feeding us anymore. So you kind of start to get used to it. I've seen people go too long without eating because they were being spiritual, because they were, they were on a fast. But they went so long without eating that it got to the point when their fast was over, they couldn't eat. And spiritually speaking, that can be such a dangerous thing. When you and I, we spend too much time away from the source. And just to qualify that, we're never totally away from the source because he lives inside of us, okay? And I say that all the time, but just as a reminder, I think it's really, really important. He lives inside of you. It's not like you have to, okay, well, let me go find the source now. No, it's just a matter of tuning your heart, your attention to him. Sometimes it's getting in the word. Sometimes it's prayer. Sometimes it's worship. Sometimes it's just talking to him. He's there. He's right there. He's right there with you right now. But sometimes we just go too long. We spend too much time away from him, too much time not talking to him, too much time not sharing our heart and opening our heart and worshiping him. And the problem is that if you go too long, you can get to a point of comfort in being away from the source. And if that happens, then you start to lose that hunger. You start to lose that passion for God. And the only way to rekindle that passion, the only way to rekindle that hunger is to get close to him, to get as close to him as possible, to pick up the Bible, even if it's counterintuitive to you, even if you don't feel like it, just do it. Get into the word, start to eat, (laughs) start to consume, because that's what's going to awaken your heart again so that you become impassioned and you want more of him. I love what David writes in Psalm 63. He writes, My soul thirsts for you, God. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. Look around me. I'm in a dry and thirsty land. I'm in a place that is void of water. It's void of the physical nutrients and sustenance that I need to survive. But guess what? I'm not even focused on that because my desire for you, God, my hunger for you, my passion for you is greater than any of that. 
Now, I know that this verse is using the word thirst and it's using the word longing, but that's what hunger is. That's what, even in the natural, when you, it's, it's, it's not just that you want to eat. Sometimes I want to eat and I'm not even hungry. And that's when I get into trouble. But there comes a time where you get to a point of hunger where it's not just a desire, it's a need. And that's what David is talking about. Look, I want you so much, God. I want so much more of you to the point that I'm willing to deny the fact that I'm physically hungry, that I have physical needs right now. And I just want to direct my heart and my attention to you. And if you go down, I think it's one, you have to skip one verse, but he makes this statement. He says, your loving kindness, God, is better than life, better than life itself. And when you and I get to a point where life itself loses its value in the light of knowing Jesus, when life itself becomes less important to us than getting, than knowing Jesus, like Paul said, everything else I count as worthlessness. I count as garbage. I count it as rubbish just compared with the simplicity of knowing you, Jesus. There is nothing else that matters to me more. And so when we have that hunger going on on the inside of us, it's so healthy because it causes us to make the right decisions. It causes us to draw near to God rather than run away from God. And like I said before, if you've lost that hunger for God in your life, or if that hunger isn't where it used to be, it's not as strong as it once was, or whatever, you can rekindle that hunger by simply spending time with him, walk with him, talk with him, get to know him. This is not meant to be some boring thing. This is about the presence and the power of God, experiencing him in our daily lives. And that's what the Pharisees, that's what the religious leaders missed. They missed Jesus. Man, they missed Jesus because all they wanted was to continue their religious, traditional pursuit. And so when God himself stood in front of them and he opened the scriptures to them that they had devoted their lives to studying, they couldn't see it. They were blinded to the fact that this was the real God. This is the son of God standing in our midst. They were blind to it because they were focused on the stuff that didn't really matter. The rules and the regulations and all this stuff that we tell ourselves and that we let the world tell us that Christianity is all about and we allow other people and other things to define who we are as the people of God. Look, I get that there's certain things that we shouldn't do and there's certain things that we should do and all that kind of stuff, but that is not what characterizes the people of God. What characterizes us is our relationship with Jesus and he's real and he lives inside of us and he wants us to experience his power and his presence working in us and flowing through us every single day of our lives. That's what this is about. It's about, no, Paul says, knowing you in that same chapter, Philippians chapter three, I think it's verse 10, knowing Jesus the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. We get to know him. We get to experience him, experience his presence. We get to know his power working in us and working through us. This is the God that we serve. This is what it's all about. And so I just want to pray for you. I'm sorry. I just preached there a little bit at the end, but father, I pray for anybody that's listening to this right now, God, that maybe has experienced a a, a lessening or a, a diminishing in their hunger for you. God, I ask that even right now, Father, that just supernaturally you would awaken their heart, awaken my heart, awaken our hearts with a desire to know you more, Jesus. Awaken our hearts with a desire to be as close to you as we possibly can, recognizing, Jesus, that you did it all. You paid the price for us. You hung on that cross on Calvary's hill. 
and you declared it is finished, meaning that you settled every issue. You settled our debt once and for all. You tore the veil and you brought us into the presence of God. Your blood has brought us near to your Father. And so cause us, Lord, to be become more aware and more conscious of everything that you've made available to us. And let us not put anything else, God, even the good things of life. So often it's the good things of life that we allow to get in the way and, and to distract us of experiencing you every single day of our lives, God. But I thank you now for the simplicity of knowing you. And I just ask you for a reminder for every single person listening and cause us to grow, Father, in this area of hunger and desperation for you. God, that we would seek you with all of our heart every single day of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, everybody. Listen, I know that we're still living in these crazy days of COVID-19, and I don't know exactly what that looks like for you, but for the most part, even if you are still working and all that kind of stuff, we're not able to go out and do things as much as we used to. And so most people, this might not be true for everybody, but most of us have a little bit more time on our hands than we normally do. And I'm just imploring everybody as often as I can. You've probably heard me say this before by now, but as often as I can, I'm just saying, don't waste this time. Don't waste this season. Don't waste this opportunity. If you've got something that's burning on the inside of you, some dream that you just haven't had time to devote the time to or whatever, now is the time, now is the season to just begin to plant those seeds, to begin to take those steps, to go forward in that. But more than anything else, now is the time to seek his face. I believe with all my heart that there is a major move of God coming. I believe that we are poised and positioned for a move of God. And look, as the people of God right now, we have an opportunity, as we always do, but we have opportunity right now to seek His face like never before. So that's my challenge to you. That's my encouragement to you. Go after God. If you're not feeling it right now, if you're not feeling it today, you haven't been feeling it this week or whatever, sometimes you've got to do it anyway. Sometimes it's a sacrifice. The Bible talks about a sacrifice of praise and a sacrifice of thanksgiving. And it says the sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of our lips. Sometimes we just got to open our mouths and just begin to give him praise and it comes out as a sacrifice because we don't want to do it, but it causes us to be changed and transformed. It causes our values to be recalibrated. When we spend time close to the source, then we get to experience the fullness of what he has for us. And so I love you guys. Really, really appreciate you being here. I would love to hear from you. I'd love to hear your comments. Find me on social media and uh, just let me know if, if these have been helpful to you. And let me know also if there's anything that I haven't covered yet or maybe just brushed over. I have a tendency to do that. Let me know if there's anything that you're wondering about in regards to the presence of God, the power of God, communion with God, relationship, anything like that. Let me know. Reach out to me. Let me know if there's anything you want covered and I'd be happy to devote a session to that. So anyway, have an awesome, awesome week, guys. Keep going after him with everything that you have and uh, I'll see you next time.